This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. We are with multimedia threat, Allison Moran, who, at, as I recall, Rivet Radio. Rivet News Radio. Uh, also on ChicagoNow.com as a token female. The token female, Which right. you are definitely not. <laughs> a little teaching here and there. Yes. Uh, At the Des Plaines Valley News as a features reporter as well. And uh, let's see, what else am I doing for love and profit? Um, let's see, also uh, in my other life, a uh, nonprofit child welfare advocate. Okay. So, you name it. You stay busy. I do. I, I don't want to call you a woman journalist because I think that's just wrong. Don't be gender specific. Right. Yeah. I mean, because men don't get called men journalists, right? That's very true. Yes. So, how did you get into the wonderful world of journalism? Uh, let's see. First of all, I majored in journalism at Drake University, home of the Bulldogs, Definitely. and uh, I had a wonderful background, wonderful education, wonderful internships, and that that kids is a key reason why I, I started on the path to get to getting where I go, uh, which was um, back in 1990, I, 1989-1990, I got um, an opportunity to be a uh, an assistant to a uh, sportscaster who was blind at WBEZ. He needed somebody to take him around to the uh, uh, to various sports sporting events uh, as it as it was. It was uh, the years of Michael Jordan, the years of the, uh, the great Mike Keenan teams of the uh, of the Blackhawks and things like that, and I. I just went everywhere with him, and uh, I said, if, it, if we were at a Cubs game, uh, what, what what did Mitch Williams throw? Was it? Uh, it looked <laughs> like a baseball. <laughs> Where did it hit the batter? <laughs> and and all those kinds of things that that were really fun. And at that point, we had the Cubs as, as a good team. The White Sox were kind of pretty good, and Carlton Fisk was on that team, and Ron Kittle was on that team. Um, you had Jeremy Roenick uh, as, as an early uh, uh, hawk at that point, and um, you you know, it, and you had Michael Jordan on the Bulls. I mean, it was a golden time to come into sports, and uh, and so I was an intern for a year and a half at BEZ with Bob Greenberg, and uh, learned just about everything you could about uh, being on the air. I, I will assume yeah. you would have learned stuff just by osmosis by being with Bob Greenberg. Yes. Who is, I would say, somewhat legendary. He was legendary, yes. No one ever forgot Bob, whoever met him. And, uh, you know, it, it taught me a couple of things. It taught me uh, how to be very well organized and very sharp. And I got the opportunity to be on the air as well, because he lost his voice about a month into my internship. And uh, from, from yelling at you? From yelling at me. <laughs> it had to have been that, yeah. but, uh, so uh, so I also 
uh, learned presence on the air. At least I tried, and uh, you know, it was and it was all baptism by fire, and uh, it it was a wonderful experience. Plus, it got you out into this these various venues. Yes, the Hawks, the Bulls, the Cubs, the Sox, mm-hmm. so that people with the franchises knew who you were. Yes. Which, which is better than trying to, to come in cold off the street and and all that. Was there any uh, barriers for you to overcome? I, th- I think it, as far as uh, as far as players go right. or things like that. You know, the only time I ever had trouble was one time when the Dodgers came into town and there was one player who completely didn't want me in the press box. Didn't want me, or I'm sorry, didn't want me in the locker room. And so, uh, and he was very vocal about it. And I usually had protectors in the business. I had people who were actually really in, in uh, you know, in my corner and who would, uh, who would, uh, protect me uh, or uh, get me into various interviews if there were any issues. I really didn't. That was the only time that there was ever really a problem. There was, and okay, but, but by it was that a time, day problem. But by that time, you had Tony Gennetti at the Sun Times, right, covering mm-hmm. baseball. You had uh, Cheryl Ray Stout. Yes. Yes. You know, so there were female presences. There were, you know. Not that weekend, Elliot. No, that that was the problem. (laughs) Not that weekend. I I was the only one in there. Not even Carrie Muscat from uh, from MLB.com. Yeah, she was was UPI at the time. She was, yeah. And uh, so, in fact, was I by that time. uh, I was at UPI, uh, which was my next job after I finished up my internship at WBEZ. And that was really the only time that I got called out, yelled out, or singled out at any point in my career in terms of um, being able to talk to a player, being able to um, to converse with a player. Nobody ever cared if I was, you know, I was interviewing him naked. They didn't care. Uh, seriously, it, it was not an issue. And I had full access, and there really weren't that many problems. Nowadays, I see you at Chicago Sky Games. Mm-hmm. You're at the Chicago Bandits, the professional softball. Yes. Did you Chicago sort of stars. naturally gravitate toward women team sports, or not at all? Interestingly enough. Um, I've been an advocate of women's sports and equality uh, based on Title IX for all of my life because way back when, I was told that I could not be a a Little League player because I was born pre-Title IX. And what happens with with that is um, I was told by my park district that girls didn't play baseball. And I said, well, uh, what do girls play then? And they said, girls play tennis. <laughs> I said, girl, so do did, boys play tennis too? Yeah, boys can play tennis. You didn't, but, you didn't explain that there's tennis and baseball are rather dissimilar? Uh, 
yeah. <laughs> Except for me, because I, 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 uh, I can, I can throw a very mean tennis backhand now, and it looks just like I'm, I'm hitting a baseball. So. <laughs> so you put those skills to good use. I certainly did, but the fact was, uh, it created an advocate out of me for all sports uh, uh, being equal, and whether it's football, whether it's tennis, volleyball, badminton. Uh, you name it, I wanted equal access for everyone, and in 1972, that passed. It wasn't implemented in my community until 1976, 1975, 1976, and by that time, my pitching arm was dead, so <laughs> I had no I had no way to, to your, recoup Your time that. had come and gone. My time had come and gone, so, um, but uh, women's sports really weren't taken very seriously up until the next generation, basically. We're talking about the 1980s and the 1990s. That's when Title IX took full effect, where uh, where it was not unusual to put together uh, a soccer team in, in a park district strictly for girls, or softball strictly for girls, or, you know, or having mixed, um, mixed gym classes. Even I didn't get that even until I was in high school. So it was a long time between uh, between periods. Uh, and um, the fact was, the way I got into uh, women's sports and covering women's sports and being able to take a much more active view and a much much more active role in promoting women's sports was um, when I was doing uh, work for SRN Broadcasting, which is a small uh, sports network uh, that's uh, headed headed uh, uh, up in Lake Bluff by a, uh, one Steve Leventhal, right. who uh, emailed me. He was starting one of the first sports exclusive blogs in the Chicago area and going national. And uh, he emailed me one day. I'd been working for him for about mm, seven years at the time, and I'd been covering mostly college sports, mostly college football and basketball and he said how would you like to write a women's sports blog and uh, he had a couple of names in mind and um, and uh, I, I basically my name got to the top of the list and uh, and so I said sure so I, I had always started um, you know, I'd started uh, getting interested in women's sports not that long before. Started uh, uh, looking at NCAA basketball, and it was awesome. Um, and I got very excited about the idea of covering. So I started the the uh, token female column, um, and in in uh, 2006, and I continued it all the way to this day. Hope that answers your question. In 25 words or less, definitely. <laughs> Are there different challenges that females face in terms of coverage? I'm, is, you know, worked in 2014. Is there still a, a sentiment among some people? Oh, she's just a woman, and and what does she know? Do you know? I think that the that the last real frontier uh, is radio. 
And I think that you won't hear too many women on radio sports talk shows. You may hear, you will definitely hear them on television talk shows. You know, ESPN is like right. is, is is famous for hiring women uh, and hiring a lot of women. And but radio has lagged way far behind that the. Uh, the uh, is, is, is the reason because television is visual and radio is not? That I would and, and, say. And, and the viewer is more willing to put up with what oftentimes is an attractive female? Yeah. And they may not even be listening to what that person happens to be saying? That could be. I mean, uh, it, I think that that certainly uh, it's it's much nicer to look at a woman from a man's perspective, etc. And I'm sure it's Say, and I'm sure it's a better thing um, uh, that uh, that you would go for a woman uh, broadcaster in uh, in television. Um, I think the barrier is in taking uh, women seriously, though. Still, oh, we're supposed to. I th- <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. For the record, uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, good. Well, you good. know, you do you do get women on sports talk radio uh-huh. and they're giving the updates and it's yes. like that's all they can do it's like w- women yeah. can't talk intelligently mm-hmm. about not just women's sports but mm-hmm. any sports any sports and it, it I've never quite understood it. I haven't either. And uh, I think that's the next major barrier to be overcome. And I think in another generation, I don't think that I'm past uh, my prime and in what uh, and in what's going to be possible. Um, I will say that I'm the only woman sports uh, reporter at uh, my job at Rivet. And I'm also the only woman sports reporter in uh, my uh, sports commentary job at WRLR, and uh, I only got those jobs because I knew people, right. you know. That's, uh, that's the way it usually works. Yeah, that's true. But I was, and I was fortunate because I've been vocal about my abilities. You? and uh, <laughs> But if you're quiet and shy, you're never going to get right. anywhere. And that's the whole thing with, with the women's movement in sports as well. Uh, you you have the Women's Sports Foundation, which was started uh, in part by uh, Olympic athletes and uh, and uh, sports journalists like Christine Brennan at the USA Today, and they were all charter members of, of that club. And uh, how can you not take Christine Brennan seriously? How can you not take Donna De Verona seriously when she's talking about Olympic swimming or anything else? You know, the uh, Nancy Lee. Lieberman, who was one of the first basketball players, she also was a founding member of the Women's Sports Foundation. And I think in strength there is numbers. And I think that eventually um, it's it's going to seem strange to athlete to uh, to uh, young men, young women, young adults who have shared uh, you know gym space with and uh, in uh, grade school through college with with uh, other gender athletes 
you know, with men, uh, men play basketball with with the women in in college, and I think it would be strange in another generation not to have a woman uh, sit alongside a man as a sports anchor uh, in, in on a you know sports panel show, say like something like on WGN. I know they've had a couple of women now. Well, um, you know, back a in the, back yeah. in the day, you know, uh, yeah. Tony Trinetti would be yeah. on there Their from time to time. Their sports panel, but it, yeah. But it, you know, yeah. You, Andrea you can Darlis, count, the, you can count well, the number so. on your hand and have a few <laughs> fingers left over. Yeah. Yeah, you can. And I think that's why I say it's it's the next major hurdle because you you've got a hurdle overcome in terms of television. You don't have uh, you don't have the hurdle quite over in uh, in uh, radio. And I would like to see that hurdle uh, jumped over the next generation. And I think that's preferably by you. Right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I know it'll happen. What is Rivet Radio? What is Rivet? Rivet is a news application, news, sports, weather, traffic. Uh, it's it's a, an app on an iPhone that you download for free. And Just my price. Yeah, exactly. You should have it already, Ellie. And it is uh, it is literally a uh, it's a new concept, and it is the way that the radio is going to be going because everything is on an app nowadays. Right now, it's only available on the iPhone and iPad apps. However, um, the Android coming is coming. Soon, coming, coming soon to an Android near you. You got it. You got it. And it'll be there. So, um, And uh, basically, uh, Rivet employs... Um, professional journalists of all kinds. Uh, we have some uh, old uh, rock uh, rock DJs uh, uh, and uh, you know some old news voices from WBBM and uh, and other other outlets as well. Some uh, and and we go. It's it's radio at your convenience because you can switch around stories. You okay. can you can uh, you can favorite them. You can pass them along. You can share them. It's it's really a cool concept. And uh, and the fact is, uh, all the voices that you hear on it are, um, are are basically all professional. And it's really a fun fun little app to to be on. Now, once upon a time, you worked alongside Les Grobsky. Yes, I did. And, li- and lived to yeah. tell about and it. And I lived to tell about it, yeah. He was, what, what, what was that experience was like? Well, what we were doing, um, again, this was for uh, SRN Broadcasting, um, who produced a show called The Weekend Sports Report. And uh, I was working at WKRS, uh, which has since gone ESPN Deportes, and uh, uh, with Spanish, of course, uh, up in Waukegan. But for years, um, on Belvedere we did Road, on right? Belvedere Road, correct, and still on Belvedere Road. Yes. And um, fact was that uh, Steve came up with this concept for a show, uh, for a, a three-person show, just talking. About sports, and it was Les and a couple of other 
guys for the first 12 years. And then I kept saying, you need a woman on the show. You need a woman on the show. And so... Do you have any suggestions who that woman <laughs> I never promoted me. Okay. Not ever. I swear it. I never promoted me. And I was working at WKRS. And How convenient. So hot, wasn't it? And uh, they decided that they wanted to take the show to, uh, to a local radio station and to give it a little bit more... Uh, production value and a, and a little bit more in the way of, of, of so to speak and so I became the, the uh, third co-host and uh, I and Les was our host and we it was it was like a final every single week in sports that week it was every week and from 7 to 8 a.m. not a time that I'm at my sharpest <laughs> Ever, and and there are those who live to tell about it. Um, but uh, we had a ball doing it. Um, we would we would go round and round on the NFL. We had a sports roundtable, which I actually won the last year we did it, which was 2012. And uh, we had a fantastic time doing it. Although I will say that fighting for women's sports at that point was tough. Good luck. It was very tough. Well, I think Les has only been wrong once in his life, and that's when he thought he was wrong, but he was actually right. <laughs> I think that's probably what he would say. Uh, I think he I think he would have. Actually, it depends on if you talk to him on air or off oh, okay. air. But if you talk to him off air, you would you would think, uh, yeah, he, he will he will be much more humble. But I never said that. Okay, uh, he. Too bad I can't edit that. He out. he was the most fun of all of the co-hosts. He and Steve Leventhal were the most fun guys to work with, and uh, they were, uh, you know, having me around was definitely like having a chihuahua <laughs> nipping at your heels at all times because I would be that kind of, uh, you know, for lack of a better term at this point, Elliot, pushy broad. Okay. And I would... That works. Like, for example, one day, um, Les and I had both gone to cover the NCAAs. And uh, uh, the final for the men's was in Houston. The final for the women's was in Indianapolis. And uh, so I went, uh, so we started off conversation. Well, Les says, I had a a very interesting time in Houston this week with the NCAA men's finals. I said to him, well, Les, I had a really interesting time, too, in Indianapolis at the women's finals. And he said, I think... Uh, we'll talk about women's sports later in the show. <laughs> he says, uh, and Steve, I think, chimed in something like, we don't want to lose all our audience now. <laughs> and I said, and I said, you guys are throwing me under the bus, huh? <laughs> but it wasn't going very fast. <laughs> It was it was a slow wreck, but uh, but it's things like that where women's sports are simply not as you know they're not thought of as highly by by a lot of people. A lot of my uh, my sports columns on uh, on token female, uh, I'll get comments back. Uh, I get a lot of. 
I will say, much more in the way of positive comments than negative comments. But the comments that I'll get on the negative side are usually something along the lines of women's sports, I'm sick of women's sports, I can't stand it, they're boring, things like that. And that's just not true. I say I will take anybody to a game, including anybody who listens to this show. You tell me which game you want to see, Sky, Bandits, Red Stars, our professional uh, soccer. soccer team, you know, you name it, Chicago Force, our semi-pro football team, who actually went to the women's version of of the Super Bowl. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. <laughs> the big game. <laughs> Trademark infringement. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, well, yeah. pe- people are more likely to see tennis or golf with women than they are team sports. Yes, they are. Very uh, true. Because tennis and golf have been around longer with longer women. Longer than you, Elliot. Wow. <laughs> You're right. Yes. I don't go quite back to Babe Didrikson, but close. Whereas the WNBA and uh, National Pro Fast Pitch and and team sports are not ingrained very much, if at all, in, in most sports fans' minds. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not quite sure how those leagues make that leap into, hey, we're worthy of attention. Let me tell you what really made me happy in the last um, in the last couple of years. Candace Parker was at a media day one year um, uh, with the L.A. Sparks and formerly with Tennessee, and she said something that really warmed my heart. She said she was 10 years old when the WNBA came into existence. She can't remember life without the WNBA, the same way that we can't remember life without the NFL or life without the Chicago Bulls, which actually only started in 1966. That was the first successful NBA franchise. And the fact is that every sport takes about a generation to get started, to really make its mark. If it hadn't been for the NFL uh, finding television or television finding the NFL, it would be a very different game now. It would be like the George Clooney movie, Leatherheads, you know, (laughs) playing in muddied fields. Before about 10,000 people. If that. And, And the fact is that that's where women's sports are right now. They're building an audience. Last year, the WNBA was up something like 17%, somewhere between 12 and 17% in attendance. They they signed uh, a deal with ESPN that keeps them on uh, ESPN for quite a number of years. And things are good. Um, so the naysayers who, who think of women's sports as a fluke or something like that are sadly mistaken. You know what I did every day last uh, this last week? I, I was watching the Women's College World Series, which Florida won. And my partner, Ted, was, uh, was a, a softball coach for most of his married years and uh, his child-raising years. So... Uh, the fact is, that was on ESPN. That got good ratings. So you've got to remember, it'll, it, it takes time to do that. It takes time to build an audience. And 
we're just seeing the building of that audience now. Well, we'll look forward to the audience build, and we'll look forward to you covering it. Oh, we'll be around. Allison Moran, thank you very much for your time. I'm glad we got to do this, Elliot. Thank you. That does it for another edition of Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com. I'd like to thank our guest, 2014 Playmate of the Year Kennedy Summers, Hall of Fame third baseman Brooks Robinson, and multimedia threat Allison Moran. Also, like to thank our executive producer, Dave Olson. Tune in again next time for Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com. <laughs>